the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Christ. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, Leaving a wife with no children, a man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? Woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. Those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore, because they are like, like angels, angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story, story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is the God not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and minds that we might hear your good news, Lord, and receive it. Pray that you would place your words in my mouth, Lord God, that I might faithfully speak them. Lord, and we pray that you would encounter us powerfully today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. So good to see you all today. Uh, anybody a Boy Scout or was a Boy Scout? What's the motto? Be prepared. Be prepared. Right, and what kind of things are you prepared for? Anything. Anything. So you've got like a pillow and like bath slippers and maybe like, um, you know, some like lotions and stuff so that you can have a nice relaxing, smooth skin, relax, maybe a pedicure. Is that what you're ready for? No, what kind of things are Boy Scouts prepared for? Trouble. That's right. So you've got like matches, a knife, fire starter. you got all kinds of things, right, to protect yourself, right, and, and preserve your life. That's uh, expecting a bad thing to happen, right? So the Boy Scouts are always prepared for something bad, right? Which is good. Don't get me wrong, right? You need to be prepared for those things. But they're preparing for a certain type of things. They're not prepared to go to Fiji on vacation, right? They're prepared to, if everything fails, to be ready and safe. There's another kind of preparation, though, isn't there? Right when you start packing your bag and you're putting your flip-flops in there, you're putting sunscreen in there, you're putting hat, you're putting sunglasses in. What's that? S'mores. S'mores, yeah. You're putting all of the good stuff in there, right? And what is that preparation for? 
Good times, fun, that's right. Is there, so there's two types of preparation, isn't there? Right, and it's that latter type of preparation, the preparation for good times, that uh, was given to me in a story that someone shared with me yesterday. There was a lady who, in this story, I don't think this is real, so um, don't quote me on this, but there was a lady who, um, when she was dead, was buried with a spoon. I mean, that's not how they dug the grave. That's what she wanted in her casket with her, a spoon. Why did she want a spoon in her casket? Anyone know? Anyone else heard this before? So if she happened to wake up, she could dig her way out? No, that would be the previous form of expecting the worst-case scenario, right? This one is the best-case scenario. Um, She, every great meal she had ever been to in her life, every banquet, every feast, at the end of the main course, they said, keep your spoon. And why did they say that to her? Because dessert was coming, ice cream was coming, a treat was coming, something good was coming, and she wanted to be ready for it. And so when she was buried, she wanted her spoon with her. This is not the most theologically accurate position to take, right, okay? But she wanted her spoon with her so that she would be ready for the goodness of the resurrection, ready for that great feast in heaven, because I'm sure they serve ice cream, right? In our gospel passage for today... Uh, The Sadducees were playing a game of intellectual cat and mouse with Jesus. Now, if you can pick your opponent, is this the best decision on the Sadducees' part? Like, we're going to take on God, right? Not exactly the best idea. Um, And so we see them here approach Jesus to try to catch him up in some twisted logic. Remember the Sadducees, they don't like Jesus, right? They're kind of the, the religious elite, Uh, And they also don't believe in what event? The resurrection, right? So they present to him a challenge that they think is bound to fail. This challenge they know no one will be able to answer this because it's so convoluted and there's no way around it. They create a hypothetical situation based on a real commandment. Moses wrote that if a man's brother dies and that man is childless... His brother needs to marry the widow so that she can conceive and have an heir to take care of her and carry on the family line. Anyone sign this in a prenuptial or anything like that? No, it's kind of archaic. It's not something we practice today. But in this situation, there's a woman who marries, who does this seven times, right? She marries the first brother, he dies, marries the second brother, he dies, so on and so forth. Personally, I think the police might get involved at some point. Right? This might be the root of like the Black Widow stories or something, you know? But they don't, and finally this woman dies as well. So they ask him, in the resurrection, which of course the Sadducees don't believe in, right? in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Husband one, or a husband seven, or husband two, three, four, five, or six, right? Which one will she be? right you can sense this kind of like anticipation oh we're gonna catch jesus he's not gonna be able to answer this one they think they've got him nailed they're convinced there's no way around this one either this lady is everyone's wife in the resurrection which is a no-go because that's incest right or there's no resurrection 
because this woman cannot be married to all these men forever and thereby denies the commandment of Moses. They think they've got it locked down on Jesus. You think they caught him? No, I mean, it's God. Come on. How are you going to get him? Notice what Jesus does. He changes the field. He says, you're looking at it all wrong. At this time, we have marriage because it's the best relationship we can imagine for right now. But in heaven, there is no more marriage because we are forever in in perfect relationship with God and one another. And then he goes after the Sadducees' motive, which is another good reason not to get in a verbal parlay with God. Because not only will he destroy your initial argument, but then he'll go after the heart that was behind it, right? He'll say, look at what's going on in your heart that's pointed you in this direction. He says, he goes goes after their desire to discredit the resurrection, which is really what's behind this all. And he, he says, and the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush. What's the story about the bush? Is this like uh, one in the hand is better than two in the bush? Or what is this bush story? Herbert Walker. What's that? When God reveals, re- reveals himself to Moses, and what's happening to the bush? It's burning, right? The burning bush story. This is important because the Sadducees did not believe in their resurrection because they exclusively, or very nearly exclusively, only trusted the Pentateuch. Right? The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible that were written by who? Moses was the author of those first five books, right? And in these books, very little is mentioned about the resurrection, as it's really a, a theology that's developed later on in the Old Testament. But here Jesus references the story of the burning bush to reveal that even in the Pentateuch, and indeed in the story of Moses himself, we see evidence of the resurrection. God says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The Lord uses the present tense for these men who are long dead. They are not spoken of as a memory, but as though they are with him right now. And thus Jesus says, Now he is a God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all of them are alive. Boom. Right? Just knocks over their argument right like that. So Jesus challenges his audience to think that they might not be imagining enough about heaven. It is better than the best of this world. It is greater than the greatest relationship that many of us know. Now there is scripture that suggests that we will indeed recognize one another in heaven. But marriage will not exist in the same way. So what does that mean for those of us who are happily married right now and want to be in heaven? Well, perhaps we're not imagining enough about the hope that Jesus Christ has placed in us about the resurrection. Certainly, this might be a word of peace to uh, widows and widowers who have since remarried, right? Because they might be wrestling with the question of, whose spouse am I in heaven? Can you find that confusing? Yeah. I mean, they might not be looking forward to being married to two people, in heaven, or um, confused about, is it going to be based on if I loved one more than the other? 
or wrestling with that reality. Or some others who are married to a person now and they're afraid of what eternity with that person might be like as well. (laughs) What will relationships look like in the resurrection? Well, the one marriage that we do know of in heaven is that which is spoken of in the book of Revelation. It ends with Jesus Christ being wed to the new Jerusalem, which we are a part of through our faith in Jesus Christ. And in that union, we will be in eternal union with Jesus Christ. This is not the easiest gospel story in the world, is it? This is not the one you read to your kids at night. You know, and be like, okay, kitties, let's tuck in and read together the Leverite marriage passage from Luke. No, it just is not. Especially for those of us who really enjoy our spouses now. Like, that's a hard thing to think of not being married to them. It's really difficult to to put our minds outside of our current sphere. But do you think we could trust? I ask myself this question. Do I think I could trust Jesus, that he has my best interests in mind? That he knows what's really best for me and what I will really be fulfilled by for eternity? Do you think he does? And I look back on my life and I think, was it okay to trust him with my soul? Yeah, I did that. Was it okay to trust him when he said he offered me peace and hope and life through believing in his gospel? Yeah, that was a good thing to put my trust in. And so can I trust him now when he says something greater is waiting for us in the resurrection? Yeah, I can trust him. Even when I don't know what it will look like, I don't know how it will feel, but I know that the God who created me, formed me, and redeemed me is planning something great for all of us. May we respond to our Lord Jesus Christ with faith. And may we get our spoons ready. For the Trinity are the only ones who know what the resurrection will look like, and they have assured us that it looks good. Let's not be like the Sadducees, who sought to dismantle our Lord's ministry with their circular arguments. But may God break us free from unbiblical views so that we can follow him and trust him. The good news, remember, is not that we've understood it all, but that all has been offered to us undeserving people in Jesus Christ. We need only trust in his grace and love. And that trust, my friends, is well-founded. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you offer us hope through the blood of your Son. Thank you that he stepped down into this world that he took our sin upon himself, and that he was resurrected and offers us eternal life. Thank you that the way he has gone will be the way that we will go as well. We need only follow him. Lord, thank you for giving us this sure and certain hope in the resurrection. For our Lord Jesus Christ was seen alive, Lord, after his burial. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to trust. Help us to trust the way ahead, even when we do not know where, what it will look like precisely or what it will mean. May we trust you, Lord God, that you will take us to a place that is better than we could ever ask or imagine. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.